You're listening to DraftKings Network. Today on The Cooligans, we are joined by goalkeeper of Minnesota United, Tyler Miller. That's right. We talk about what it's like to be uh, have play for clubs that are owned by comedians, uh, why we <laughs> should maybe own Minnesota United to keep that trend going, and also a player that was smoking cigarettes and made him walk five <laughs> kilometers, whatever that is. That and more on this episode of The Cooligans! Hi, this is Ashlyn Harris. And Allie Krieger. And you are listening to our best friends and favorite comedians. The Cooligans, <laughs> bitch. Yeah, baby! What? I can't yell too loud. <laughs> There's, there's people home. <laughs> That's right. This is uh, this is living room FC. It's a little bit more toned down. Okay, yeah. we're you trying know? to take it t- take it down a notch, will you? <laughs> people are home. Okay. <laughs> What's all the excitement about? All right. Yes. Hello. Welcome to the show, everybody. We are the Cooligans. Uh, my name is Christian Polanco. That's right. I'm Alexis Guerreros. All right. We are your favorite stand-up comedians that host the funniest soccer show that you have ever seen, and it's not that just that. Witnessed. Oh, absolutely. It's also sort of gulliest. All right. That's right. Watch uh, back. <laughs> okay. It is a it is a soccer show plus threat. hundred uh, percent. I'm a cough on everything you own, my guy. Okay. Uh, you know what? I think Alexis took it too far. Uh, yeah. That's pretty usual. <laughs> no, but uh we're excited about uh today's show because uh we got uh I mean just a, a dude who we're we're big fans of, uh and uh the goalkeeper for Minnesota. United, but also uh, Jersey legend. All right, okay. you know when we bring in Jersey, we got to talk about it. All right, and I have a feeling I'm not going to like the answer to his first question. But ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> put your hands together unless you're driving, which by the way you shouldn't be driving. My guy, get home. I right? stay home. Put your hands together for the one, the only Tyler Miller. Everybody, come on, Tyler. What's up, man? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. What's going on? Tyler, you're a Jersey dude, all right? So this has got to be the first question I ask. And I, I'm not the host, so I can't shut this off. And I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. <laughs> is it is it Taylor Ham or is it pork roll? 100% pork roll. See what Whoa. I'm saying? You can't trust them. Okay, I'm a, I'm a Jersey guy, but I'm close to Philly, so I rep Philly most of the time. You just can't trust them when they're from South Jersey. <laughs> Yo, well, our producer just asked, what's better, pork roll or scrapple? Uh, my dad likes scrap, but I think for my generation, I'm more of a pork roll kind of guy. Yeah, I, I, it just doesn't even feel right me asking it that way with saying it. <laughs> it's, it's difficult. Look, I'm 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 currently in New Jersey. I'm in North Jersey, but I do I'm not from here. Uh, and and Alexis has asked th- this question to several. He asked it to Greg Berhalter. He yeah. asked Matt Turner. <laughs> uh, and every single time, he was like, "Okay, the the interview can continue." Uh, after so they answered correctly, me, but so we this will is very. <laughs> <laughs> so Alexis is going to power through right now. You know, I'm uh, going to, I'm going to just not think about it. You know what I mean? Just, I'm just gonna move it forward. Yeah. All can right. you get, can you get Taylor ham in Minnesota though? I don't say I haven't really looked for it, but I don't think you can. No. I, I've heard like people who live all over the country. They say they only get it when they go back to Jersey or that area. There's a, there's a food truck that just Derek Etienne was like, where somebody posted, there's a food truck, two Jersey guys opened up a food truck in Columbus, Ohio. And he's yeah. like, Derek Etienne's like, I'll go find them right now. He's also <laughs> from Jersey. It's like people from Jersey just like, you don't want to eat it all the time, but you just want to smell it every once in a while. Well, you know, uh, so go, uh, Matt Turner, obviously goalkeeper for the New England revolution. Uh, he was on the show recently. And he said, yeah. he was like, go, go to John's famous, uh, bagels uh, and get a Taylor ham, uh, egg and cheese. So, like a couple days ago, I did it, and you know what? It's it maybe my second time ever having Taylor ham. Yeah, it, it's fine. It's fine. Now, I don't know. I don't know why is the big deal. What is it? Why is it? Why I'm is it surrounded such a by big... two people you can't trust? <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, why now Tyler a... and I are on the same team, <laughs> and it's against you. <laughs> why is it such? A... Why is this such a big deal for people in New Jersey? And and Tyler, please, you can answer first. I mean, I don't know. I just think that there's certain foods that are in that area that you can't find anywhere else. So you, you travel, you get around, and you're just like, wow, this is this hits the spot. It feels like home for you almost. Okay. Yeah. 
What is it? If obviously it's not uh, Taylor Ham, but um, is there something for you that reminds you of home, or that you're able to do like some a little bit of Jersey comfort or, or Philly comfort out yeah. there in uh, in Minnesota? What do you do? Yeah. You throw batteries at your neighbors? What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're giving Jersey people a bad rep, you know. What you're <laughs> no, I've only thrown a battery once. Um, <laughs> nice, nice. No, I haven't done that. But uh, for me, it's a, a Philly cheesesteak. Whenever I go yeah. home, like that's one of the first things I do. I, I land at Philly airport and then I go right to like Tony Luke's, uh, a famous place in Philly and, and get that on the way home. I've had okay. Tony Luke's. They do a, bro- a broccoli rob on one of their cheesesteaks. It's they do. pretty fire. Yeah. I they think do. you won an award for that. I'm a fat guy, so I know it all when it comes <laughs> to food. Um, but you obviously, look, goalkeeper, you've been around in the league for a long time. Uh, it's one of the questions we ask a lot of people. Like, what are the th- what are some of the things you're doing right now to sort of stay fit or stay sane? Because you guys yeah. are so used to sort of having this specific schedule your whole life. And now, right now, it's all shot. Yeah, it's a very unique time. And for me, the biggest thing that I'm trying to take out of all of this is, okay, I want to stay fit, but also mentally I want to stay sharp too. And um, a lot of times in my off season, I'll, I'll do enough. I'll, I'll work out and, and, and stay fit, but mentally I try to turn off a little bit and find ways to distract myself. And so nobody knows how long this is going to go on. And if I can put myself in the best position so that way when we do start playing again, I'm fully focused and I'm ready to go, that I'm not burnt out, then I think that that'll be more of a – successful way to go about this than killing myself and making sure I'm like training regiment, like all that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I, I did want to ask, uh, there's, there's a lot to discuss, but one thing I want to start with is um, you going to LAFC, right? You were taken uh, in the, in in the expansion draft. uh, And, uh, but I want to talk about your time in Seattle uh, because you were uh, behind, obviously Stefan Fry. uh, And, and what is the situation like for uh, being a goalkeeper and, and knowing your ability and, knowing your skill uh, and really wanting to play and really wanting that, yeah. that, that starting position, but being behind uh, a goalkeeper who's also really, really good. Uh, what, what's the mentality like? And uh, you know, at just, at just being in that position, how, how difficult is it? It's very difficult for me. I mean, I was playing every single game, every, everywhere I went up until that point. And when I got to Seattle, it was almost a, I had to learn how to be a supportive uh, backup because obviously in training, I'm doing as much as I can to try and be at the level that Steph was playing at it and almost, almost play better than him on, on some days. And, um, but Steph did a really good job about, uh, mentoring me in certain ways that I think was something that I'm trying to do now for, for the goalkeepers that I'm trying to help bring up, uh, in our own academy yeah. and our, our, our system here. Um, Steph was great about like, whenever I had questions, he was there for me to answer and, uh, he knew that I was pushing for his position and all I could really do was work as hard as I could. And when I got my opportunities to play, try to do as best as I can. And, uh, thankfully there, I got the crazy start. It was in the U S open cup. Uh, and we went to PKs and I was able to stop three PKs. And, uh, it's just kind of how it started to, to get my name out there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, when, uh, when you're, when you're behind someone like Stephen Fry, right clearly you're a great goalkeeper right you've been starting in a lot everywhere else you went but how how hard is it to just be supportive like you know my mind works a certain way maybe it's because i'm from newark but i'm like you know a little soap on the floor of the shower and i'm the <laughs> starter you know what i mean like how, <laughs> like how hard is it in those moments to not like be like hey coach you see him mess that up i mean i could do better how hard is it in those moments to be that guy that helps push someone to the next level and not just try to sort of one-up them I think it really came uh, full circle in the MLS final uh, when we won uh, my first year there and all the goalkeepers get into a huddle and Steph says, Hey, we all did this together. Even though he was playing, he acknowledged everybody's effort throughout the entire year, which I think really goes to show what it's fully about. There's only going to be one guy that ever gets to play. um, Whether you're the starter, the natural starter, or there's an injury and you're a backup and you're playing there's only ever going to be one guy that's on the field. Um, And yes, you want it to be competitive, but at the end of the day, you want it to be supportive um, because you're going to make mistakes. The other guy's going to make mistakes. And if you're constantly going at each other and hoping that they just mess up, you're never going to have a good working relationship with that person, which I think is the ultimate way to be successful in goalkeeping is to have a good relationship, be competitive, 
But at the end of the day, be supportive of that guy. Yeah, is that why shows... Christian hates me? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alexis is not the best coworker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I'm a good worker, but that co-part <laughs> seems to get in the way a lot. I know yeah. you probably talk about this uh, a whole bunch, uh, mm. and I, I'm sure you hate talking about it. But uh, we have to talk about your time with uh, with LAFC and uh, El Tráfico, right? And and that knew, first I, game. I know exactly <laughs> you know. where you're going once you said it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yes, uh, I mean, everyone, I mean, it's one of the, uh, sadly, unfortunately, it is one of the most uh, famous goals I think we'll, we'll have ever seen. Um, uh, but you were the goalkeeper against uh, LA Galaxy when Zlatan scored uh, his first goal. Uh, and, you know, I've seen a, a, other players talking about it from LAFC, from Galaxy. And then I, I love the, the you know, I love every single perspective because everybody was on a, on a particular spot on the pitch. Uh, everyone you know, I've heard um, people say like, uh, uh, you know, I think uh, Steve Betashore was like, it was a foul. Shouldn't have even uh, been a shot to begin nice. with. But... That's the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, being the goalkeeper that, uh, you know, unfortunately gives up a goal like that. Uh, and it's, it's you know, what is what is your life like that day? That, the, you know, the, the, that game, the next couple days uh, being a part of history, really. Yeah. Uh, well, I just know that that clip will be f around forever for the entirety of the league. So that means I'll be around forever for the entirety of the league. <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, but no, once once he he did shoot that, I was like, oh, expletive. Uh, yeah. Oh, you could curse. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. I. Uh, in my mind, I thought it was a foul. Like I'm on the side that Bittershore is on, but the ref didn't call it. it it's just, we pretty much just created this whole Hollywood story for Zlatan when he got to the league. And I mean, it's just, he's an amazing player. He's capable of doing incredible things. But like, I learned a lot from that because anytime that a high quality player got on the ball, then I was like, okay, they know I like to play aggressive and they might try to shoot. And players after that have tried and I've, I've been more cautious. Okay. What is, I, so this is something that gets said a lot. And especially when, when, whenever, whenever keepers become like analysts, it annoys me because it's terminology. I don't understand, or at least I understand the terminology, but I don't get, and it's never explained. They just assume everyone was a goalkeeper their whole life. <laughs> I've heard the term off his line a lot. Now I get yeah. that when you, you know, f sprint to catch a ball and you don't get it right. Or to head a yeah. ball in that moment. I heard that you were off your line. What is, what are you supposed to do when the ball's at the halfway mark? <laughs> are you supposed to be standing and go like it's a penalty kick? Yeah. I mean, in, in that moment, like I didn't think I was really that far out of position. I think that I could have recognized the situation of where the ball fell, who it fell to most importantly, and where I should have been positioned. Like I could have reacted a little bit quicker and dropped back maybe a, a yard or two more, but who knows if that would have even made a difference? Yeah. 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 Like he hit it, it so pure, so pure and so clean. Now yeah. I scored a goal like that when I played, uh, when I played soccer growing up. Now yeah. I want to preface all this by saying I was wearing jean shorts at the time. We didn't take it too seriously, <laughs> but they used to tell me to take long balls off the chest. And here's the thing about that. It hurts. And I said, yeah. no. So what I would try to do is kick it back. And a lot of times I would miss and people were very, hey, everyone hated me. But one time I connected with it. It went over the goalkeeper's head and it went in and my coach was like, okay, I'll never tell you again. You'll do that every time. So like sometimes it works, sometimes it hits. But that keeper was of course off his line. I think he was playing with like butterflies like we weren't paying attention we were kids so like when i hear that you're off your line i'm like you're you're a professional you know when to sort of move back what are what goes through your head when that ball comes in the air like what what's the first thing in your thought you're like why gotta be me man <laughs> should you fake an injury like do you just grab your hammy and go down and be like i don't know what you're talking about i could have stopped it but the hammy oh i i question how many soccer players around the world they like could do something and they're like oh no my damn god feel a little tight. <laughs> like, yeah. but yeah, i mean it's just like that's how that's my style of play though i like to play off aggressive off the line because i've if i don't have to make a save then i love it like and that includes getting across or coming out and getting a through ball. And so like you can say I play off my line and that's my aggressive stance, but that's just how I like to play and I'm like almost and like then, a Neuer. And then and then uh after that game, uh 
I know you must have been uh, obviously fired up every time, uh, uh, you know, another El Trafico came up because these series were, were, were just were just incredible. Yeah. What was the what was the mindset going into uh, these games? And and then also, like, you know, Zlatan becoming this this pure villain yeah. to pretty much every team, but especially LAFC. Yeah, I mean, it was the perfect media story. Uh, you had Latan versus Carlos, LA versus LA. It became this this big production leading up to the to the game every weekend. And I tried to just take it as level headed as I could going into it, even though inside I knew like uh, this is a big game. Like it, it always felt a little bit more. And finally, in that that last El Trafico when we beat them for the first time ever. Yeah, um, we it, were there. We it, were there. It was a nice feeling. Yeah. yeah, it was. That was that to me is the closest I've ever felt to like when I was a kid and I would watch like those soccer soccer on TV like in Germany with like crazy atmospheres and stuff. That match in the playoffs, the uh, the Trafico was out of this world. It was the closest it's ever yeah. been. And speaking of Germany, you spent a little time in. I'm going to mispronounce it. Zweibrücken. Zweibrücken. Zweibrücken, great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? what uh, <laughs> spending that time? I mean, get get like a normal vowel in your language. Oh, uh, <laughs> everything just sounds like you're getting yelled at. Uh, did my mother invent this language? So <laughs> you spent some time in 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 that in that team. What is going out to a place like Germany? What did that do for your development? And how do you think a place like Minnesota, which has an incredible atmosphere, and LAFC? How do how do you think those compare? Well, going to Germany, I really didn't know anything. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what the culture would be like. I had no idea how much I would be making, like anything. And uh, <laughs> do you have an I, agent, dude? I have. I've moved on from that agent since. Yeah. since <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I went in there and I was on a bankrupt fourth division club who had to release all of their fourth division players and replace them with like seventh or eighth division players from our second team that I didn't even know we had. Whoa. Um, and I was making 250 euros a month sharing a bedroom. Uh, my roommate at the time, or my roommate that I shared the bedroom with was college mate at least. But then the other guy that was uh, on the team, he was addicted to gambling like smokes like several packs a day it was <laughs> wow it was wild um was he 53 and played yeah. in like the 80s yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't i don't want to bring his name into it i, yeah, I, don't, no, see, I, don't, even, I don't even remember his name to be honest but uh <laughs> there was one practice where he got so like upset because the ball went out and he didn't think it went out and he for some reason had some control in the locker room there and he convinced everybody in the locker room not to give us a ride home. So we had to walk five kilometers back home. Yeah. What? This is what wow. I was putting up with for six months. That's yeah. why. I think like, he was a loan shark. They owe yeah. money. Clear. <laughs> yeah. He's looking in the stands for guys he owes money to during the match. He's like just ripping cools. Yeah. It, it was a crazy experience for me. And I was just like, I took so much for granted, I guess, like just even having a car and being able to get around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like nice friends that would like give me a ride home. Yeah. Boy, when you came to MLS, you were like, I don't want to walk any kilometers. They're like, what do you know what kilometers are? So you're good. We got more with Tyler Miller. We get back after this. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We just want to bring it with a word from one of our sponsors, us and you and maybe even Ali Krieger. <laughs> Correct. Uh, so, uh, yes, Gully Squad has been uh, litter than ever. Uh, oh, wow. It, it was wild litty. In fact, some of us, <laughs> people came in and said, hey, we heard you were having a party. You're going to get a ticket because of coronavirus. I said, no, no, no. It's just Gully Squad. They said, all right, well, then please continue. I'm sorry I interrupted. <laughs> okay. And then I tip my cap to the officer. Uh, <laughs> so, no, uh, Gully Squad has been uh, again, especially during this quarantine, we, we've, we've spoken about how it is more than just a, a you know, just getting some uh, extra content. It is becoming a, a very much a full-fledged community of, uh, of people uh, sh sharing ideas, sharing stories of comedy, uh, uh, everything. So, uh, and, and yes, you may have heard recently on our, on, we did a Zoom call. We did a, the first Gully Squad happy hour. And, and that, was, that wasn't even us. That was just the, the Gully Squad members putting that together. Shout out uh, to, to Peter. Garcia, who who uh, who had the idea uh, initially, and he uh, wanted to get drunk with other members, and let's go, you know. Yeah. And let me yeah. tell you something. I think it started around 
what, 7? 7 to 6 p.m. It started at 6 p.m. Yeah. I logged back in at like 11.30, and it was still happening. Dude. Bro, that's how that's how we do it. I Gully Squad, bro. Gully Squad. It ain't it ain't called Softy Squad, my guy. <laughs> okay. Also, I mean, how did you know my nickname in high school? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, is that that's the you know the 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 Mister Softy Truck uh, uh, subscriber service. Actually, I got it after prom. It was a really, I mean, you know, first time drinking yeah. whiskey. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I hate that it stuck. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but if you wanna, yes, the 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 the. Gully Squad Happy Hour was unbelievable, and we we had a, a special guest join us, uh, Ali Krieger of or the Orlando Pride and the U.S. Women's National Team, two, two-time World Cup champion, just hop hopping in uh, Zoom calls hey, uh, uh, with hey, us. Christian, how many other how many other uh, podcast fan group Zoom happy hours <laughs> do you think two two-time World Cup winners be hopping into, or someone on the cover of People Magazine? <laughs> uh, I can't look. I'm I'm rifling through all my paperwork. You hear right? <laughs> okay. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get through it. Uh, I honestly cannot find anything. I'm, I, and I have the records. I'm you know? trying I'm, to add it up right now, and you can hear my my, my uh, calculator with the page with the paper. You can hear it going. There it is. And look, it says zero. The, the number is zero. So you can no. stop rifling through all your paperwork with your your what are the the, the printer with the that all the paper was like court, the like dot matrix yes. dot matrix. Yes, your dot matrix paper. You can stop looking at it, dude. No, but I love. I can't let it go you no, know? no keep it for sure keep it because you need a, you need the records for seven years uh, for tax reasons what i'm saying is you can stop rifling through it for this oh, oh for okay okay well, well we'll we'll get through this break then yeah. uh, so so um yeah look that, that those are some of the things that uh, are possible if you join gully squad there's a lot of fun um not only is just a cool content but uh fun surprises like that and we are actively trying to you know make it more than just a you know uh, just just sending you an extra 20 minutes of uh, of a podcast a week or or a month or whatever we're trying to like offer gully squad members a a, a genuinely fun experience uh, similarly to what we get to have you know I, we're, we're trying to put out something really really fun and cool and it's, uh, it's all the uh, stuff we would have wanted when we were just soccer fans and didn't have a podcast or a TV show. Total, it's totally. like this is what I would I would have loved to have been hanging out on some you know conference call or something like that, you know. And all of a sudden, a, a, a two time World Cup winner just hops on from you know her backyard, just hanging out. Sure, you know, it would have been nice if Ronaldinho would have called from prison. From prison, yeah. dude. Imagine we were his only phone call. <laughs> Yo, how lit is that, dude? He's like, so, Yo, I ain't even trying to get out, dog. I just want to say what. what good i just made this phone call to say it was good i don't need to talk to no lawyers get the gully squad on the phone Ew, duh. <laughs> what are my lawyers gonna do i did this shit you know? <laughs> all right so please join gully squad go to soccercooligans.com and hit the join gully squad button i promise you uh it is as fun uh, as these breaks uh we have we have a good time with it and uh yeah it you'll you'll all have unique experiences and really cool things that and you'll help the show grow uh so please please do that Soccer Cooligans.com and click on join Gully Squad. All right, and we're back with more with Tyler Miller, Minnesota United. Uh, you were talking a little bit about Zwiebrugen. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm trying. I see it, and I still my brain's like, why are there dots? You know? Uh, yeah, I just I don't know what I'm doing. Right? Uh, which I think I'm like 118th German, by the way, but I have no idea how this works. Um, you were talking a little bit about your time there. Uh, all right, so you're in the fourth division, playing with eight division players. One dude is ripping cigs and not letting you and making you walk home. Seems like it's going great, but in the in the in the uh, break, you told us they wanted to make a captain. Clearly, this guy didn't have a lot of sway in the <laughs> locker room. What, what, what else was it like? How was your time there? Did you at least play well? Uh, well, I gave up 51 goals uh, in 13 <laughs> games. That's, I got to be honest, Tyler, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, so don't play FIFA with me because it might bring you some PTSD <laughs> of your time. <laughs> you know, we were always doing from the beginning. And uh, it, when we only scored two goals in those 13 games as well, I knew it was going to be rough. Um, <laughs> and I also That's a hell of a differential, man. Yeah, 49 goals. It's great. But <laughs> was your coach all right? It's like, all right, let's try a 10-0-0 formation. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I saw it as little successes. So if we got into the to the locker room at halftime and it was only 1-0-2-0, I was pretty happy. 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're doing great. We're only down 4-0 <laughs> in the 90th. <laughs> but leaving, um, what, what does uh, that uh, time there uh, and and uh, how does that affect you as a professional? Does it does it like stain your career or does it like, I mean, clearly you found success and, and everything worked out. Yeah. Um, but leaving that club, do you have to like, you know, your next job interview with Seattle? Is it like, hey, look, <laughs> let me explain yeah. before you look at the stats. <laughs> Here's a video I, of a guy smoking <laughs> on the field. I, you know, I can't do it all myself. <laughs> no, I was actually pretty fortunate because uh, uh, I was coached by and drafted by Ziggy Schmidt, who was from Germany and understood German soccer. And he kind of knew the situation that I was getting myself into. And I think that's part of the reason why they still ended up drafting me because he was like, oh, you're going to the fourth division. Like, good luck. But we know how hard it can be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so Ziggy kind of was like playing his cards, right? Because he was like, OK, like you're going to try it. But I am feeling that you're going to be coming back here. And he was right. And. When I was there, actually, so 2015 was just a rough year altogether for me because I went to Germany for six months, came back. I signed with S2 in Seattle, played one game and won 4-0, which was my first win of that year. So I was like, really happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you tell the other keeper, then... it'll be, it'll, everything will be fine, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so at one point, yeah. you stop feeling this. <laughs> yeah, like, the losses all blend together. Yeah. Um, but the next day in training, I broke my thumb and was out for the rest of the year. Jeez. So, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was 2015 for me. But, uh, I mean, it really put things in perspective. I got to uh, to get out there and, and kind of work with Steph. I was still involved in a lot of first-team training. I got to improve my feet, uh, did a lot of passing, which obviously is an important part of my game. And uh, I think that they saw how much I love soccer, wanted to be around the organization, uh, and that really helps uh, leading into that next offseason and when finally I did sign with the first team of Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You, I mean, oh, go ahead, it, Christian. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say because when by the time the expansion draft uh, came came up, your name, you were like, everybody was just like, yo, this dude is going. He's going to be <laughs> one of the first to go. And so it must be nice, even though you you know, you know would be forced to leave uh, the, the team that you're at. But like just to be wanted, obviously, yeah. feels good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the thing that's in in our world. It's so many times you can fall into a situation where you're there, but you don't really feel like you're wanted there. So when I went to LAFC and it's not that I didn't feel wanted in Seattle, it's just like I knew that my opportunity was probably never going to come there if they held on the step. Sure, sure. And, and so I was super thankful to Seattle for finding a way to leave me unprotected because the year prior to that, Minnesota and Atlanta came in and I was kind of hoping I wasn't going to be protected because those are two teams that I felt like I could have gone to and played. Um, but Seattle left me unprotected. And then I went to LA, which obviously was the start of my actual playing career. That's yeah. amazing. It's the first time I've heard someone from around Philly say they were happy to be unprotected. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't get that a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> when, when it comes to how you see your career, the difference in atmosphere that you experience in Germany, when you go to a place like LAFC, brand new club, very different, right? Yeah. Tons of money. Right? <laughs> I don't think they allow smoking cigarettes within miles of that stadium. Everyone's like super healthy. Uh, how did that, how did that sort of, change your outlook or were you able to bring the outlook that you brought from Seattle to something like LAFC? Cause it's a completely different atmosphere. It is. And a lot of times it just came back to me reflecting. And a lot of times it'd be right before the game would kick off while we're standing there here in the national anthem. Uh, I would look up and I, from our field, you could see the LA skyline and then the words like Los Angeles. And I'm just like, I came from this small town of maybe 8,000 called Woodbury in Jersey. And yeah, I've been to Chicago, then Germany and Seattle, and now I'm in LA playing soccer and doing something that I love. It really like put things in perspective. And I was like, wow, like this is such a awesome experience. And I didn't take anything for granted. I don't think. All right. And then uh, we, we went to the, the opening, uh, the home opener for Minnesota United uh, last year. Uh, and, it, and it was incredible. So why is uh, obviously, you know, to a lot of people, I think the, the move uh, from L.A. to to Minnesota was a was a bit of a shock. But you're, you're also going to uh, a club that's on the rise. Uh, in, uh, speaking of atmospheres, another incredible atmosphere. Incredible. There. What has uh, what, what's been your first impressions of, uh, of Minnesota and playing there? 
I've loved it so far. Uh, the coaching staff here has been really supportive of me working with Stuart Kerr, our goalie coach. He's, he's been great. Um, phenomenal. He's, uh, instilled a lot of confidence in, in me, um, which is something that I think I struggled with the last six months of being in LA. Um, so it's getting... mostly Zlatan's fault, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's good, but he's, he's not that good. Uh, but it, it's just it was a it was a much needed change for me and coming to Minnesota where again I felt like I was wanted and and it just opened up a new kind of mindset for me that I could feel like I can go out there and, and play and, and relax and actually like enjoy soccer again. Yeah. It's different because it's like sort of you you're put in this position where it's another newish team, right? So yeah. like you're going into a place that still doesn't really have like, although Minnesota has existed for a long time before they were in MLS, they don't necessarily have like their culture exactly figured out as what they're going to be like in MLS. So it's got to be cool to sort of be able to walk in and kind of be like, I'm going to be, if I do well, if I do like one big thing well here, I'm a legend here, you know, <laughs> maybe that's just the way I, I think. <laughs> I, I wouldn't consider myself a legend anywhere. Um, Come on, man. But, <laughs> I consider myself oh. a legend everywhere and I'm not. So. <laughs> we balance each other out. That's the difference the North Jersey confidence and the South Jersey yeah. confidence. Just a tail of ham, my guy. <laughs> okay. You you don't you can't have Taylor Ham and also have humility. It doesn't right. come. <laughs> I think Taylor put his name in it in the north. You know what I mean? Like it's all about self-promotion. <laughs> well, we, we did get a, a question from we, we have a, a gully squad, which are like our more dedicated fans. And asked, uh, one we got a question from uh, uh Will Galvez, and he did ask that do, do you feel like you have big boots uh, to fill now that Vito uh, Minone isn't around and that was like, you know, there, there was, will he or won't he leave? And then, uh, you know, yeah. when that when that didn't work out, uh, you know, uh, you, you got there. Is there any uh, pressure there? You know, I was happy Vito left because it opened the door for me to come here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Oh. That's, that's, that's the business side of things that yeah, a lot of people don't understand. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, Vito, obviously, he had a good season last year and won goalkeeper of the year. And, but uh, I don't really feel any pressure to to fill his shoes because I know the goalkeeper that I am and, and Vito and my game are completely different. Uh, yeah. And so like, I know that what I bring to the table is not going to be the same thing that he's bringing to the table, but I know that what I can do is good enough that it can help our team succeed and be successful. All right. Uh, we are here still with Tyler Miller, goalkeeper for Minnesota United. And Tyler, I did want to ask because you, uh, you know, amongst uh, some of the cl- clubs that you've uh, played at, you had a very interesting owners uh, at, in Seattle, specifically uh, Seattle Sounders and LAFC. We're both comedians. You, uh, w- one of your owners uh, in, in Seattle were uh, Drew Carey of, yeah, uh, yeah of, a bunch of stuff. Whose line is it anyway? Uh, the Drew Carey show, a bunch of shows. Uh, and also LAFC had Will Ferrell as one of the owners. So look, clearly all I'm, I think there's a possibility for at least Alexis and I to possibly own a team one day. I mean, who knows that that might be for the future, right. but what is it? What is it? What is it like? Oh, okay, cool. We got agreement. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think I hear my lawyer in the background. <laughs> but w- being a, a a part of clubs like that and being you know working with very famous comedians like that uh, is that is that interesting? Is it fun? Is it do you get starstruck anytime? Uh, yeah, I, I would say that like with Drew Carey, like I obviously had seen him a lot, and he was on uh, I believe his the price is right yeah he's the price is right and like i've always like seen him and we joked about like wanting to get him on that show because it would be so much fun <laughs> to be able to do be a part of that and then um when i went to la will ferrell was my favorite actor growing up and uh, watching all of his movies from Step Brothers uh to picking screaming like all that stuff and you see him on the field and like i'm in awe like oh my god like Will Ferrell, like he's <laughs> like right here. Yeah, he's yeah. just like he's, meandering around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just this humble guy that that like you really see like how much they have to tap into those roles of of the acting jobs that they do. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, because I I will say like this a lot, especially a lot of comedic actors that especially that have a lot of like range. I mean, we 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 around comedians all the time, and people think like, oh, you you're friends with that person, like that must be awesome. And it's like, uh, no, what you when you were around them, they're like yeah. super monotone and weird. Yeah. <laughs> if we're not on stage with them. <laughs> we get them in the green room when they're like worried about their mortgage. You know what I mean? It's different. 
completely different lifestyles. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. Will, like everybody that I've worked with, uh, my owners, they've always been like super nice, super helpful. And Drew Carey, uh, when my family was struggling with some cancer, uh, like finance issues, donated five thousand dollars to, to oh, that. Oh wow! So Incredible. It, it shows that like they actually do care about their players and, and how they're doing. That's uh, amazing. On a personal level. Yeah. That's amazing to hear. Um, I guess, so you've played for two clubs that are owned by comedians. What comedian owns Minnesota United? Do we not, how do we not know about this? And I guess, do they want to make us honorary owners just to keep this trend going? You know? yeah, I, think, I think we might be missing a comedian in Minnesota. So I think you guys might be in line. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Do you so, accept uh, PayPal? <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, you know, obviously, you, you didn't get to uh, play too many games uh, so far this uh, this year with Minnesota uh, United. But the uh, you know, like we've had Icopara on the show, and yeah. uh, clearly, it, it's it's nice to uh, be paired with uh, the the defender of the year, two time defender of the year. Yeah. Uh, Ike's a great dude. We've had him. Uh, we had him on the podcast, but also listen to his podcast with uh with uh, with benny and sal uh w- get, getting to to work with high, just like high quality defenders uh like that how much easier does it make your job uh, and is is there any um even when you have a, a high quality defender does it the, the, the do you still have to communicate as much or is it like man this guy just gets it and makes my job a lot easier yeah no when, when it came down to deciding like which team i wanted to go to uh in the mls i had a couple options in minnesota it was like a no-brainer for me because i was like i have the opportunity to work with michael boxel and ike Parra and uh, the other defenders and i was just like there's a reason that they had such a good year last year and it's their defense um but with them i think it's the expectation that you're going to communicate almost more because okay. that's kind of the level that they hold it to they they hold it to you're going to communicate, but you're going to communicate in a precise manner that it's not just random words being thrown out that mean nothing. It's actually concise and something that is useful to them. But there is an understanding that throughout the game, I won't have to tell them the little details of oh, sliding into this position or getting across. They kind of just understand that. But when it comes into those high pressure moments, that's when they need to rely on me the most. Okay. It's, it's always yeah. interesting to see the communication between the keeper and, and, and the back line. When you hear things like Tiago Mota uh, famously said he wishes that his goalkeeper was more like a midfielder, which yeah. sounds insane to anyone else, right? <laughs> uh, do you think you're like, I could do it? Like, yo, let me bring the ball up a little bit sometimes. Like, do you, I mean, especially now that you're playing FIFA, right? Like, you're controlling so much more on the field. You're like, this was what I should have been doing. Why am I standing back there? I got the I feet, mean, baby. You know? We're going to see how I really want to play when I play FIFA because I'm going to be dribbling. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all that right wheel. You're just like, man, he's yeah. got still moves out the wazoo. Trick, trick stick, juggling, all that stuff. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. But, no, it's uh, it's. I think it's just a unique position because we're the only ones on the field that can see the entire field at yeah. every time. And so, like, we know like where people are, where the best uh, way for the ball to go is. And I personally love having the ball at my feet. It's one of my favorite things in the game. Um, and getting to find that pass that either opens up the team or the the attacker's coming. He doesn't expect you to to cut it back on him and making a pass. And then you see that like angst from them of of disbelief almost. Uh, so I have I have another question. This is another question from uh, a Gully Squad member, Landon uh, Cottom. He said, uh, so actually, uh, and I'll just preface it, we had Jim Curtin on the show, head coach for the Philadelphia Union, who yeah. played under Bob Bradley. And he told us some really, uh, really fun, <laughs> fun uh, <laughs> stories about what it was like, in the, you know, basically in the 90s being coached uh, by Bob Bradley uh, for the Chicago Fire. Uh, can you uh, add any comparison between Bob Bradley's coaching style and Adrian Heath's? Yeah, I mean it's it's very uh, they're they're very different styles. I would say that Bob is very minute. Every single detail, he's gonna hammer out and make sure guys know, um, while giving guys still some freedom to play and creativity on the field. Whereas Adrian, he's not so much worried about the every single detail of the game because he understands that it has ebbs and flows and he picks the team and has a lot of confidence in the team. And that's something that he instills every day and every, every uh, pregame speech, he instills a lot of confidence. Uh, and he tells us like, look, we don't know if we're going to win or lose, but 
you go out there and you have to just give your full effort and that's all you can really control. So he's more about control the controllables and put your full effort out there and just let the game take care of itself. Whose okay. accent is harder to hear while yelling? Is it Adrian Heath or Bob Bradley's Jersey <laughs> accent? Which one's harder to understand? <laughs> they're, they're both pretty difficult. Because <laughs> I know what I sound like when I'm upset. And it just sounds like I'm in the middle of chewing a sandwich. You know what I mean? That Jersey accent can't go nowhere. Yeah, but there is, a, you know, Bob is, uh, you know, notoriously uh, intense. And, and yeah. it, it, it isn't that it doesn't, you know, that it doesn't breathe any success. Uh, but I can imagine, I mean, I'm not saying that it's off-putting or, you know, some people, it, 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 it can resonate better with, with some people over, over others, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. How, no, I, I would he, love he, to see Will, Will Ferrell mess with him a little bit. That would blow my <laughs> mind to watch <laughs> just cause you know, Bob ain't going to get the joke. <laughs> he, he laughs along, though. He laughs along, but I yeah. think, I think Bob can take it. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you uh, this, but this was another thing that was brought up to us from our, uh, our gully squad, but Chad Benty, he said, ask him about the Rambo video. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> this was, if people didn't uh, see this, hope maybe we could pro- we're probably even playing it right now. Who knows? Uh, but uh, you were, you're quarantined and you were figuring out uh, the best way to <laughs> process all of that. Uh, and you made a, uh, an amazing home Rambo video. <laughs> yeah. I woke up one morning and I was just like, all right, I have Nerf guns. What can I do to entertain myself? <laughs> and just you and 13 year old children at home are all waking up the same way. What do we do with all these nerve guys? You, know, you, you get locked in your tiny apartment for a long time and you come up with crazy things. Yes. Um, at one point, it started for me shooting at Jenga uh, blocks <laughs> and knock, knocking them out. Uh, I created a game like that. Um, but then I was like, okay, I can make this like cool video, like put it to some epic music and. I was like looking in my closet and then I came across this camo jumpsuit and I was like, oh, I can like do like a Rambo edition. Just came across this random camo jumpsuit. Just me, my dog, my Nerf guns, and my camo jumpsuit. <laughs> that, that clearly everyone has. It came with the apartment, to be Everybody honest. Everybody got that. Every Minnesota apartment gets one. So. You know, if you're Minnesota, you get a camo jumpsuit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's good. At least you can, uh, you know, uh, you know, be humorous and, and let loose. Yeah. And obviously, during a, you know a difficult uh, time, but it was pretty funny. That was a oh, uh, that was my goal. My goal was like, okay, I can have fun making it, but I can also like have fun and and give people something to laugh at. That's yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what we're hoping to do as well. We got a question from uh, Mike Thomas, who's another Gully Squad member. He said, goalies stand right in front of supporters pretty often, pretty often, hopefully every time. Uh, so <laughs> what are the worst best goalkeeper heckles that you've ever heard? Uh, you know, I'm able to block out a lot of that stuff. Uh, but I, I always have appreciation for the ones that make me laugh. Because okay. I, I hear everything and I'm not going to sit here and be like, no, I like so focused that I don't hear everything <laughs> because uh, there's a lot of stuff that I do here. Um, but I, I, I can't think of anything right off the top of my head right now. But the I always show appreciation and I give the supporters like a little wink or a clap or a thumbs up when I uh, want to hear something uh, like my first game back in Seattle. They started a, a whole chant where like Stephen Fry taught you everything you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, all right. Like, I, I gave him a clap for that. I was like, I, yeah. I, I, like that one like got me. I thought it was pretty funny and unique. Yeah, that's pretty dope because you, I mean, you're so close. I know you have to hear it, but a lot of goalkeepers have been like, I don't even know they're back there. It's like, bruh, they're yelling yeah. your name. 16 feet away from you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cuz I've also seen like uh the, the clips of uh of like Tim Howard really hearing what everybody said and flipping. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, they can they can get under your skin and it takes some some uh true like patience or not patience but just resilience to not like freak out on on yeah. people. Um but that just comes with the sport. That's like you got to in the position itself, especially after you have a bad goal, you hear everything. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. What, one, th- one thing I've always been curious about, um, and this might be a very specific question, but to, in, in supporting Kansas City, whenever you give up a goal, they throw uh, the, the, what is it, like the confetti. confetti and yeah. then the confetti stays all over the ground oh, yeah. uh, while you're still playing. Is, is that distract? Can you actually slip? Is it a big deal? Or w- w- how does that even, does it affect your game at all? 
I don't think you can slip on it, but it, it, it's there, and you notice it. Like, you notice uh, – I walk the field before every game to try to see what e- each, like, goal mouth is like, the 18, and, and I pick up on little things, and I'm like, okay, I have to look out for this in the game. And if a guy's coming down and, and something catches my eye there, just for a slight second, like, it can throw me off, and I can be in a wrong position or react late to a shot. So it's definitely a distraction uh, for my timing and my eyesight. Okay. What, you know, when you're getting ready for a penalty kick – uh, on your end, I see a lot of goalkeepers. They walk to one side, they touch the pole, they walk to the other side, they touch the pole. You know how big the goal is, okay? It hasn't changed. <laughs> What's happening there? <laughs> oh, they're just trying to play games. They're trying to slow down the, the shooter's momentum as much as they can. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of times when uh, attackers practice PKs, they have a rhythm that they like to go through. And if you can disrupt that at any, any moment, any time, you're hoping that that gives you like a little bit of a competitive edge. Uh, we were talking a little bit about penalty kicks. You mentioned uh, in your first start, you got to you you stopped three of them, right? Yeah. How I mean, I've seen it where like the water bottle has like this guy goes left, this guy goes right. What happens in that moment? Do you, are you really thinking that, or sometimes there's players behind you pointing each way? Like there was a video uh, when Pirlo played for NYCFC where he pointed to one direction and that player went to that and helped the keeper stop it. Are you focusing on those things, or do you have in your head like I saw him look this way, that's the way he's going to go, or is it just instinctual when that when that foot hits the ball, you jump? Like what happens for you specifically in that moment? There's so much that goes into it. I mean, you can do scouting reports and all that stuff on shooters, but uh, a lot of times the shooters know that you do scouting reports. So sometimes they change it up, but then sometimes will they change it up or will they not change it up? It's like a mental mind game. And if you get too drawn into it all, then like you can kind of like screw yourself. I think it really just comes down to confidence. And a lot of times I try to rely on my instincts and I see players pointing and I'm like, you have no idea where this guy's going to go. Like, <laughs> like you know, you're yelling at your own player. <laughs> Even if you do get it right, it's like, okay, you had a 50, 50 shot. Just like, I yeah. yeah. Like, uh, and now, and now players like go down the middle. So it's like, okay, like reading the situation, like what, what minute is it in the game? How, how that, how's that player been playing? Is he confident? Uh, I think there's so much that goes into it, but I try to just take what I know and what I'm what I'm good at and, and just read and, and I go as hard as I can. And if I save it, I save it. If I don't, then I don't. I, I mean, yeah. there's no pressure on me there, but like I, I try to to use every little bit of knowledge that I can to to hit, give myself the best opportunity. Does it ever get like um, upsetting sometimes to be bested in that scenario? Like I know for look, you know, we're we're NYCFC fans, and when whenever we watch Alejandro Pozuelo from Toronto FC take a penalty against Sean Johnson, I'm just like. Why I understand that he might score, but why does he have to embarrass him? I get yeah. I get angry. <laughs> and I feel bad. <laughs> Is it, Those are the moments that are hard. Uh, it's it's. I mean, it's just like that's just just how it goes. Though it's it, yeah. it, you don't really feel bad. It's like in your head you create this scenario. It's like oh. Uh, I just made the save and I helped our team and we won the game like 90th minute, like those types of scenarios. But I'm um, hoping that I don't have to face a PK. In that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I try not to let myself get too caught up in giving up a goal in general because they're going to happen. That's part of yeah. the position. Yeah. You know how I'm, hype keepers get when they stop a penalty? You know what I mean? Now, maybe not during PKs, but like during the game, there's a penalty. You know how hype y'all get? Do you ever look around and your defender's like, you ain't done shit. Of course, I got to <laughs> do it all. It's all me. Uh, I got to do everything? You want me to drive the bus back? You know, do you ever get like, is that that's the zone you get in? No, I don't get hyped, honestly. Like, no, I, make okay. a, I make a save and I'm like, all right, I did my job. Like, hey, at the office for my guy. Yeah, it's just like another thing. Um, because, like, that's your expectation. That's why you get paid to do do what you do. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, it's like you make a good save. It's like, okay, cool. Like, you can go and fuck up the next play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What What is the uh, – uh, and speaking of that, like, what is the – in MLS in general, you've been at a couple different clubs, the 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 level of, like – because one thing when we talk about American soccer, we always feel like there isn't enough flair and style and, and like, just flexing on people. Yeah. Uh, well, it has, has Have you seen any change throughout the years, especially as a lot of a lot more foreign players bring in their culture? Uh, are, are, you know, during rondos, are people trying to nutmeg more or is it like – what what has been uh, that sort of has there been any kind of like more flair added to the league as it's grown and become a little bit more flashy? 
A hundred percent. I think that every training session you see someone pulling off something where you're like, wow, like that's, that's impressive. Um, and that kind of, um, thing they do in practice then translates to the games and you see like these goals that are being scored that you might not have seen in the last like 15 years or so. But yeah. now the influx of, of, uh, foreign players who were then having, an effect on American players because they're bringing what they have, but they're also showing these American players a new style of playing, a new idea, a new creativeness that they can bring into their own game. And so I think it's it's a benefit to have these players that come from a different culture, a different style of football to then come to America where we're so ground and pound and fight to the very end and yeah. find a different way to play the game. And it, it's exciting. Right, it's a translate like, at- international flair, like when Mason Toy brings his uh, flair from Essex County, New Jersey. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> when he brings that that swag with him, you know? that's, all, that's all ground and pound in there. <laughs> all right, thank you so much uh, for joining us, everyone, viewers, and Tyler. Thank you so much uh, for for joining us. Uh, we appreciate your time, uh, Tyler. Is there anything uh, you want to uh, promote or say or let people know uh, about you? Yeah. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. And to end, I would really just like to send my deepest, sincere gratitude to all of the essential workers out there who are sacrificing family time and taking the risks to help us get through this pandemic and everything that you've been doing. Um, Myself, my family, and and all the players here at Minnesota United are extremely uh, grateful for everything that you've done. Thank you, man. Thank you for that. Well, well said. Uh, So, uh, so thank you so much again for joining us, Uh, Tyler. We usually end the show by yelling the Cooligans into the screen. Uh, It'll be a fun thing. We do it with everyone, I promise. Uh, So uh, again, make sure you uh, follow us at Soccer Cooligans at Fubal Sports and subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, as well. So, with that said, for Tyler Miller, my name is Christian Polanco, and I'm Alexis Guerreros, and together, what are we? The Cooligans! Yes! Nailed it.